beginning and heard the Bon Jovi song, the Bon Jovi song, It's My Life. That's, I love that song. I meet with so many different people and they're usually in need of a course correction. And so I look at them and say, well, it's your life. Now let's make a decision and let's get things moving. Then the conversation usually goes this way. It usually ends up, is imagination or intelligence more important? Is one more important than the other? Now the intelligent, the intellectual mindsets is, is, is required if you're gonna do research and development, design, test, et cetera. But the innovative and the imaginative mindset is needed if you're going to establish or fund or scale or sustain a business. Very few people can do both. Now, here's your icebreaker. Put into chat, do you know someone or know of someone who is skilled in both areas? The intellectual mindset and the imaginative mindset. Go ahead, put something in there and let's we'll see if, if you normally give the ones I, know, I usually hear. All right. Frank, are you looking for the names of the people? Name, the name of an individual that we may all know. Because Maynard says he is. Yes. I love it. Maynard That's great. This is excellent. This is excellent <laughs> stuff. The one that I hear when I give this talk most often is Steve Jobs. And Steve Jobs, many, many years ago, after the when the Apple Lisa was coming out, which was their cataclysmic failure, we were doing testing on the Apple Lisa. And he, at that point, had this massive intellectual mindset, just incredible. But his imagination and his innovation, his ability to connect was not all that good. He kind of yelled and screamed a lot. Now he learned how to get there after he was thrown out of Apple and he went to Next and Pixar. And he learned that when he came back, he was like the second coming of Christ. But very few people have that naturally. It's something you have to evolve to, okay? So as I go into this with, with organizations, I always tell them the most difficult job in the world is to be a successful small business owner. And they look at me like, what are you talking about? I say, look at the data. 50 to 60% fail within three years. 80% fail within five. So you have to ask, why? Why is this happening? Well, one of the reasons is change. Matthew mentioned this earlier. Change has come at us faster than our ability to create an action plan. And if we do create one, then the technology changes. And I always ask people this. Now, be honest. How many of you knew what Zoom was three years ago, pre-COVID? Anybody know what Zoom was? Jerry, good. I had no clue what it was. Even when I had to start using it, I had no clue what it was. So it's always this evolving thing. And then once we get through the technological issues, then there's a crisis. And people say, well, they're unexpected. Well, they're not unexpected. The housing meltdown, the financial crisis, covid Maybe you didn't know what was going to occur, but you knew something was. So what I hear from most organizational leaders is this, we're smart. We're gonna figure it out. We don't need to pay for guidance or expertise. And then they throw a whole bunch of money down a bunch of rabbit holes, money and time, which they're never gonna get back ever. They're never gonna get that back. So let's look at the intellectual mindset first because that's what everybody says, I'm smart, I'll figure it out. Now, I have the honor to be a judge and a mentor with the University of California Entrepreneurship Academy. Now, these are the 10 major research universities in California, UC Davis, UC Berkeley, UCLA, you know who they are. Okay, so I get a call from one of their professors. He says, Frank, we'd like you to join this organization with us. And then he said to me, at the end of 2019, we had 19,224 patents and licenses. And I said, okay, wow, why am I here? You had 19,224 patents and licenses. 
And he said this, he said, Frank, 60% of our revenue comes from five. Not 5%, five patents generate 60% of their total revenue. Now, these are some of the most brilliant minds in the world, but they do a terrible job in going from the laboratory to the marketplace. And again, we have to ask, why? Why is this such a problem? Well, given they're the best research universities in the world, they came up with five reasons. Here are your five reasons. Anybody have an idea what their number one reason was? If you think you know what the number one reason was, put it in chat. We'll give you a second. It's so hard to make that trend exactly. Poor communicators, that's another good one. Here was their number one reason, toxic leaders, very good one. No market need, that was number one. And I said to them, no market need is a nice way of saying, you don't pass the who cares test. Great science, great technology, great medicine, whatever it is that you're using, it doesn't solve a business problem. Nobody cares, nobody cares. That's why it fails. They had other ones, they had not enough money. Not the right team. I love this, not the right team, because this is going to get into what we talk about in the breakout room. They tend to surround themselves, or small business owners, surround themselves with clones, people that are like them, went to the same school, professor, frat brother, people in their class, or in their military, someone they served with, or maybe they have a, a family relative who ran a grocery store once upon a time. So if something comes up and it's new to you, and you turn to your advisors, it's certainly new to them. So what are you gaining from this? Group think, I love that statement there, Tanya. Great, great point. The other ones they had was poor execution and lost the competition. So then I said, well, I was in the military. And when you're in the military, before you insult somebody, you have to always have to say, with all due respect. Anybody in the military, you remember that? So I said to this group of professors, well, with all due respect, let's add a sixth reason. And that sixth reason will be they don't know what they don't know. One of the professors looked at me and he says, come on, Frank, well, how do you know what you don't know? And I said, well, if you're going down a path and you run up into a new situation and you look to your advisors and they're got a blank look on their face and you don't know what to do, that's what you don't know. That's why you surround yourself, when you surround yourself with clones, that's what the situation is going to be. You need to surround yourself with people who've been where you want to be, where you want to go. They've been there. They've seen it. So another professor said to me, Frank, these are startups. They can't afford you. And I said, you don't have to hire me. You bring these people in as strategic advisors. We come in for a project. We come in for a specific thing. We go through it. We get through that. Then we go away. But if we need to come back, we're already up to speed. So now you have an ongoing source of knowledge that can help you through these landmines. Now, a major challenge for, for extremely intellectual people, and I hear this all the time in these meetings with these incredibly intelligent folks, is you have to learn how to ask for and accept help from people who can actually help someone who's been where they're trying to go. So let's look at the innovative imaginative mindset. Now, Albert Einstein is credited with saying that imagination is more important than intelligence. So given who he is, I figured it's got to be some merit to that. Let's see if we can find other ones. So I found two other ones. One was, if you can first dream it, you can achieve it. Anybody have an idea who said that? Put it in chat. If you can first dream it, you can achieve it. 
a good wife. Uh, Walt Disney. Mm. Walt Disney, there it is. Sharon, good job, Sharon. And when we've all heard, Dr. King, I have a dream. Now you're looking at three incredibly successful people who said, what if, what if, use their imagination and change the world? Now imagination creates a vision. Vision paints a picture people can see and follow. And then vision leads to action. Now of all those three, the one that impressed me the most was Dr. King. Dr. King gave his I Have a Dream speech. So in August 1964, a very hot and humid day in Washington, D.C., 250,000 people showed up at the right time at the right place to hear him speak. Why is that incredible? There's no Facebook, no social media, no 24-hour news cycles, no websites to say, here's where you need to be. But 250,000 people found their way there. Why? Why do they go there? Because Dr. King's vision matched their vision. And when you have that, that's when you change the world. And when Dr. King got there, what he did not say was, hey, I got an idea. I got a plan I want to run past all of you people. I, here's a concept I want to get some feedback on. What he said was, I have a dream. That dream created the next practice. That next practice changed the world. So let's touch on that a little bit. Best practice is a term that drives me absolutely crazy. Best practice is a point in time. It is not gospel. It is not meant to be forever. Now, I've talked to so many people and they tell me, Frank, I'm following the best practice from my industry, but I'm floundering. And I say it nicer than this, but what I say is, well, if it isn't working for you, then it's not a best practice, is it? What we should be looking for is what's the next practice? And if you look at history, it's littered with organizations who stayed on their best practice all the way to extinction or near extinction. Blockbuster, Sun Microsystems, Blackberry, you can name a thousand other ones yourself. Now the survivors, the survivors are the ones and the ones who thrive, they're the ones that did disruptive organizations. Okay, disruptive organizations surround themselves with advisors who are experts in their area and then they collaborate. They're not thinking I'm the smartest guy in the room, Let's talk to people who are smarter than we are in the areas of their expertise. And what they end up doing is they say, yeah, I see your best practice, but what if we did this? And you know who these people are. They're Apple and Amazon, Starbucks, Netflix. Their products weren't first in the market. And many of them technically are maybe not even the best in the market, but they created the best team of advisors in every area to show them how they can walk on water. Okay, remember this, what you know is not nearly as important as what you don't know. And what you know is not nearly as important as who you know. That's critical. Now let me end this section with this. Secret to walking on water is to know where the rocks are. Now for this breakout group, what we wanna have here is, who are your strategic advisors? How do you select them? Have they been where you want to go? And how are they showing you where the rocks are? You don't have to take them all. Pick one point if, if you would like. Uh, that's all I have to say. Um, let's move to the breakout. Oh, that's 